Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أعطيناك الكوثر فصل لربك وانحر إن شانئك هو الأبتر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد الشاكرين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Dear brothers and sisters uh, Tonight I will continue the tafsir uh, The way we started in the order of revelation However, after I finish the surah which is surah al-kawthar I will uh, say a few words maybe for uh, 10 minutes For uh, a wrap up for some uh, of what we have done so far and the reason is that because I will uh, I myself I will discontinue this these sessions for the next few months uh, I will be uh, going out of the country for a short while for some uh, some issues that have come up uh, so I will I need to do some wrap up after the end of this tafsir so please bear with me as I mentioned tonight I will do Surat Al-Kawthar Surat Al-Kawthar is uh, Surah number 15 in the order of revelation and let me uh, recount those surahs that we have done so far in the same order uh, as we have done the tafsir we started with Surat Al-Alaq which was the first surah revealed to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then we did, did Surat Al-Muddathir the second surah although some mufassirin they put Surat Al-Qalam as surah number 2 but our uh, references and uh, analysis of the uh, surahs uh, we thought that surah al-muddathir have, has come before al-qalam so it was surah al-muddathir number two then we did surah al-qalam noon wal-qalam wa ma yasturun then we did surah al-muzzammil those four surahs as we call them those were the introduction of Islam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Muhammad being a messenger then Surah Al-Fatiha came as Surah number 5 where the foundation of the Aqidah of Islam were laid down in, in an absolute manner in the previous surahs glimpses and uh, some ideas and concepts were brought down but Surah Al-Fatiha laid down the whole thing it's like a whole road map for what Islam is about then after Surah Al-Fatiha we did Surah Al-Masad Tabbat Yada Abu Lahab Wa Tab with Surah as I mentioned during the tafsir 
it was a symbol of the struggle, the fierce struggle that was going in Mecca between the forces of Kufr and the Islam, the new coming Islam. Abu Lahab, uh, the uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, leading the fight and the struggle against Islam, deserves an entire surah in his name. That was surah number six. Then after surah Al-Masad came surah At-Takwir, uh, which again, as we said, started tackling some issues in Mecca besides the kufr, besides the shirk, besides the elites there is the issue of the how they treated the woman how they buried the child, the woman, the, the female child alive and that was the initiation if you will of a struggle that begins to tackle issues in the society of Mecca then after Surah Al-Takwir came Surah Al-A'la then Surah Al-Layl then Surah Al-Fajr Surah Al-Fajr was a very important surah in two, in, in, uh, in two aspects. One is that uh, uh, beyond Surah Al-Fajr, after that, the wahi stopped for a while. There was no more wahi, no more Qur'an, no more Jibreel coming to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam for some time. That is one important aspect of the surah. And the second aspect is that it brought an example for the first time of the previous elites before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam like the people of Aad, people of Thamud, the Fir'aun, the Awtab, and how Allah Azza wa took care of the, or uh, was, uh, uh, he took out those elites that stood uh, against Prophet Hud alayhi salam, against Prophet Salih alayhi salam, against Prophet Musa alayhi salam. It was a comfort to the Muslims, to the Sahaba at the time who were already feeling the heat of the struggle in Mecca. Then after Surah Al-Fajr, after a while, when the wahi stopped for some time, then started coming down again and again, and Allah, especially beginning with Surah Al-Duha, and Allah Azza wa Jal told Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah has never left you, Allah has never abandoned you, Allah will give you and will continue to give you, such that you will always be pleased. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى You will be pleased, you will be satisfied, Ya Muhammad. And then Allah followed that with another surah, Surah Al-Inshirah, telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you should never feel the burden or the heat of the da'wah or the struggle, because Allah Azza wa Jal, He made it easy on you. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Twice he repeated that, that it is going to be easy, it's going to be okay. So like sometimes when you see someone in difficulty and hardship, and hardship you tell him, don't worry, it's, it will be okay. Don't worry, it will be okay. Now it's from Allah Azza wa Jal. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى And then he is telling him, I did take the burden of your shoulder. وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكَ That burden that have broken your back, we took it off, we made it light on you. So that was Surah Al-Inshirah. Then Allah Azza wa Jal brought Surah Al-Asr. And I mentioned that many Mufassirin and Fuqaha say, if Surah Al-Asr was the only Surah that was ever revealed in the Qur'an, it would have been sufficient. It is a great Surah, it's a great uh, uh, meaning, it's a great impact on the Muslims, on Islam, on the understanding that who is a loser or who is a winner. In the world that we live in today, every day you think about someone, if you lose a job, you say you are a loser. No, you are not a loser. You are a loser only if you quit your iman. You are a loser only if you are not doing the good deeds. You are a loser only if you are not establishing the haq or supporting the haq. 
you are a loser if you are not having sabr for what you are doing. You are not a loser. You are not a loser if you are being fought in in Syria. You are not a loser if you lose some people in the fight. You are not a loser if you lose some blood when when Bashar sends his chemical weapons against you. That's not how we measure loss or winning. Being a loser or being a winner, according to Surah Al-Asr, is very well defined. Who is the loser and who is the winner? Well, Asr, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمِنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوا بِالصَّبْرِ Everyone is a loser, including Bashar, including Obama, including Holland, including Cameron, including King Abdullah, including all of these. Everybody is a loser, except, except those who perform the good deeds. Those who believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, those who establish the Haq and support the Haq, those who have sabr and support the sabr on all of these tyrants. Everyone else is a loser. No matter how big, no matter how rich, no matter how powerful, no matter how much weapons he has, everyone is a loser except those. This is Surah Al-Asr that we talked about. Then came Surah Al-Adiyat, which the last Surah we did here, Surah Al-Adiyat, Wal-Adiyat Dabha, where Allah Azza wa Jal gave the glad tidings. For the Muslims, saying that there is a person who is in denial, a person in the insan al-kanud, a person in denial of the favors that Allah Azza wa Jal bestows upon him, and that denial, whether it comes from Abu Jahl or Al-Wa'il or Al-As bin Wa'il or Al-Akhnas bin Shurayh or Abu Lahab or Umayyah bin Khalaf or all of these elites, at the end of the day, the winner again, the winner will see the victory coming up to him. Like the time when the horses will ride in a war. The horses when they become victorious. The horses when they bring victory to the people. And on the day of judgment, when Allah Azza wa Jal brings up people from the graves and bring the people and find whatever hidden in their chest. And Allah Azza wa Jal has all the knowledge about that. Giving the glad tidings that in this life, you will have a victory, and in the hereafter, Allah Azza wa Jal will bring up everything in front of you. Those were the surahs that we have done so far, and then comes Surah Al-Kawthar, which I will read now. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, and again, like Surah Al-Asr, each and every one of us sometimes reads only Surah Al-Kawthar, or Surah Al-Asr, or Surah Al-Samad in our prayers, because they are short. The shortest surah in the Quran is Al-Kawthar. And that's okay, it's a surah. It's a surah of the Qur'an. It's as important as Al-Baqarah, as important as Al-Nas, as important as Al-Ma'idah, as important as Al-An'am, Al-A'raf, the big surahs. It's a surah. And at the time when it was revealed, it had very great impact on the course of the da'wah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرِ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَفْتَرِ Indeed, we have given you abundance. Inna, we. Allah Azza wa Jal says, We have given you. We have provided you. Al-Kawthar, the abundance. Something which is absolutely enormous. Whether it is a river in Jannah, whether it's all the Jannah, whether it's all the victories. Al-Kawthar, something that always goes on and on, increases beyond whatever you think. فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ and because we have given all, all this for you, what you should do, فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ Establish the prayer for your Rabb. وَالْحَرُ And slaughter animals in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal and give tribute to those who need it. Of course, فَنْحَرُ Not only you will eat it, فَنْحَرُ means slaughter animals. And we will come to that in more details.
inna shariaka inna shariaka inna is something for assertion shariaka the one who accuses you the one who puts you down that's what shariq shariq is the one who insults you the one who brings harm upon you the one who wants to see you in desperate situation that one the shariq the one who is putting all of these grievances against you al-abtar is the one who is cut off because the shariq was telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam oh Muhammad you know what you are cut off from descendants you don't have children you will not have offsprings you will, once you die it will be over beyond you no one is going to carry your name Allah azza wa jal says indeed the one who is making this accusation he is the one who will receive that same punishment now those are the literal translations of this surah the background and the environment there is a resemblance in this surah with in one word in one in one instance like surah al-inshirah remember in surah al-inshirah when Allah azza wa jal he says فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ if you are done with whatever you are doing then insub stand up for Allah azza wa jal get up and do things which Allah azza wa jal require you here he says we have given you something and therefore do this we bestow the favor then this is what you are supposed to do we require you to do to do the following things فَلْ إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرَ فَصَلِّي therefore do this Arabic word there are two things if fa salli fa means and therefore although it's one letter but it means and therefore or consequently or based on that or thereof do the following what was happening now remember what we have said all the time along from the time Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received the dawah received Islam from the time Allah told him اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق immediately immediately the tyrants of Quraysh started a heated struggle against Islam why? because here is a man with a new message he's undermining their leadership because their leadership of Mecca is based on the fact that they let the people believe they make impression upon the people that they are their Rabb Abu Jahl is their Rabb Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira is their Rabb Abu Lahab is their Rabb The society of Mecca of Shirk This society is their Rabb That's the source of legislation for them Everybody, no one will do anything No one will dare Sometimes no one will dare get married Unless he gets approval of one of the elites of Mecca So now Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is coming and saying No, none of this is true The one and only one deserves to be a Rabb is Allah Azza wa Jal The one and only one who deserves to be a Rabb is Allah Azza wa Jal Alladhi khalaq, the one who created So all of these arbab, all of these so-called gods are null and void That undermines their leadership That puts them in trouble Therefore they immediately start a struggle Immediately, immediately It's not next day it's not the day after it's not a week after it's not until Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Quran starts saying فَإِوَيْذَ الْمَوْؤُدَةُ سُؤِلَتْ no not until then the moment the moment you declare that Allah is my Rabb then those are enemies and they started they started accusing him like in surah Al-Qalam when Allah azza wa jal says مَا أَنْتَ بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ بِمَجْنُونَ you are not insane 
Those people accuse you of insanity. You are not insane. They are insane. So they were saying he is insane. Uh, Abu Lahab was standing in, 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 in his way and not allowing him to give the da'wah. And his wife, the wife of Abu Lahab, would take the remainder of the camels after they slaughter. They get all the dirty things and put it in the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his path, along the, in front of his house. We know that they were doing that immediately because Abu Lahab's leadership in Bani Hashim was undermined. Abu Jahl, he was telling some people, says this man, Muhammad, he is claiming that his God is the only God. He is saying that all of these Allah, Hubal and Uzz are not gods. I swear, I swear by Allah, he says, Wallati wal Uzza. He's swearing by Allah and Al Uzza, his gods. That the moment Muhammad comes out of his house, comes close to the Kaaba to preach, to preach whatever he is preaching about Allah, جل, I will step on his neck. When he bows down, I will put my foot on his neck. And Muhammad says in a hadith narrated by Ibn Mas'ud, says, By Allah, if he had attempted to do so, the angels would have taken him and snapped him away. And Abu Jahl, later on he narrates that every time I wanted to do something, I saw all of this big, big, big thing that's standing behind Muhammad وسلم, like a big camel opening its mouth wants to swallow me. So it was right from the very beginning. Now, the struggle continues. The struggle continues. And remember, there are all types of things they do against Islam. One of them is what's called character assassination. Like today, these days, when someone wants to is making dawah, they want to undermine him, they have what is called character assassination. Let's accuse him of his being uh, uh, guilty of, some, of something. Uh, he's drug dealer. Or he's insane. Or he's fundamentalist. Or he's terrorist. All of these, they, these are accusations. These are character assassination. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he was going through all of that. One of it is now personally, they want to touch him in his inner psychology. Inside that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa whenever he has a child born, the child dies. Ah, Muhammad, you, you can't even sustain your own children. Your own children, especially the boys, they die out. He has a couple of boys who were born at Tayyib and Al Qasim who were born in, in Mecca and they died. They did not survive. So they would say, Aha, see this Muhammad, if you were a prophet and the messenger of Allah, Allah would have allowed you to have your children, would have saved your own children. So you will not be able to bear children and to have people who can, men from your descendants who would carry this message behind you. You are Abtar. So they were saying, you are Abtar. Uh, uh, the uh, wife of Abu Lahab used to call him Muthammam instead of Muhammad. Muhammad is his name. The opposite of Muhammad, he say, she says, where is this Muthammam of you? She doesn't even say Muhammad. She says Muthammam means the, the one who is uh, uh, insulted, the one who is down. Because Muhammad is praised. Is the one who is praised. The Muthammam is the one who is put down, the one who is insulted, the one who is cursed. So where is this cursed person of you? So those are the words that they were using against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And after all, remember that Muhammad is a man. Now here is the issue. Muhammad is a human. Muhammad is not an angel. Muhammad is not out of this world. He is one of us. 
هو الذي بعث في الاميين رسول منهم رسولا منهم هي ديزيجنيتد ا ماسنجر فروم امونج ذيم هي جاست لايك ذيم ياكل الطعام هي ايتس ذا فود ويمشي في الاسواق ذات ذي ويل سي او وات تايب اوف بروفيت از ذيس ذا ون هو ايتس لايك اس اند هي ووركس لايك اس هي از اند ذيرفور هي جيتس افكتد وذ ايفريثينج ذات وي جيت افكتد وذ هي جيتس افكتد وذ ذا ووردز If someone says, like when they said, Oh Muhammad, you know, your God had let you, let you down. You no longer receive Quran like surat, after surat Al-Fajr, between Al-Fajr and Al-Duha. Where is your wahi? Where is this man, this person or this entity that brings the Quran to you? Now they notice that he is not giving them any more Quran. Where is the Quran? No more Quran. Where is the wahi? No more wahi. Ah, Allah, your God, had, has, had let you down. That has a toll on him. He knows Allah Azza wa Jal is a fact, but as a man he gets affected. You keep pushing against him, he gets impacted, he gets affected, he, is a, he has emotions, he has instincts. He, Allah Azza wa Jal did not recreate Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all he did is that he gave him a message. So he gets affected. We get affect, affected as well. Sometimes you tell us, oh brother, you have been in this dawah for how many years? Oh, about more than 25 years, and you did not achieve anything yet. That means you must have, you must be wrong. It has a toll on me. When you start telling me, or oh, you started this more than 25 years ago, way back when you were even a student back in Tashkent, Soviet Union, you have been doing the same thing, and you still have not achieved the victory, the Islamic State, the Khilafah you are talking about. Oh yeah, I have not done that yet, not yet, subhanAllah. See, you are not on the right path. See, there is nothing going to happen. See, if you have a God behind you, you would have taken victory. It has a toll on me. It impacts me. I am a human. It impacts Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa To tell him that Allah left you, Allah abandoned you, although he knows it's not true, but it does have a, an impact. So Allah azza wa jal does not leave him alone. Allah never departs you. Allah never abandons you. Allah is always with you. I have done this for you, I have done, and I will continue doing that for you. وَالْعَادِيَاتِ ضَبْحَ And giving him all of this. And here, here, when they started telling him, you are alone, you don't have children, you are after, Allah Azza wa Jalla reveals, إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرِ Don't listen to these idiots, don't listen to these insane. I, Allah, we have given you something beyond what they can think of. الْكَوْثَرِ From the word kathir. Kathir means many. Akthar means more. Kawthar means continuously being more and more. Kawthar means continuously being more and more. Like this is water. Give me more. You give me a battle. Give me something water that's kawthar. That is a water that will never vanish. Will continue to be there no matter what. No one can stop that. Al-kawthar It's something from Allah Azza wa Jal that no one can stop. And that is something great given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is the best satisfaction he would receive from Allah Azza wa Jal. That's the best support that comes from Allah Azza wa Jal to the, to the one who is carrying da'wah. And that would be the best support for me today when I recite that Allah Azza wa Jal will provide victory to the believers as long as you stand behind the haqq. He will provide you with the, with the victory. So I will stand behind the haqq 
and I believe that Allah will provide me the victory. I will believe that Allah will provide me with the kawthar. I will believe that Allah Azza wa Jal will put off my shoulder the, the, the heavy burden. I believe that Allah Azza wa Jal will give me whatever will satisfy me. Just like he did for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, just like he did for the Sahaba, it's Al-Kawthar. Although in some many hadiths, Al-Kawthar is a river. According to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, I saw a river with the name Al-Kawthar. But that's only one of it, one part. That river which he says that my ummah, the Muslims will come and drink from that Kawthar when I am sitting right next to it. That's only part. Al-Kawthar, Al-Kawthar from Allah Azza wa Jal is that river. Al-Kawthar includes Al-Jannah in its entirety. Al-Kawthar would mean the victory to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba. Al-Kawthar would mean also Al-Medina as a safe haven for immigration, for Islam to find a nucleus and a place. Al-Kawthar would mean all the victories in Badr, in Uhud, in Al-Khandaq, in the conquest of Mecca, in Tamuk, all of this Al-Kawthar. Al-Kawthar would also mean, would also mean that he would have abundant of things so that he will be giving the people because he is taking and then he will take too much which is beyond what he can consume. Anything I give you beyond what you can consume, it will overflow to the other people. Al-Kawthar, it is such that it will overflow your own needs. It will be more than you need. It will be more than your state needs. It will be more than your own people need. It will overflow to the entire humanity. It will become a mercy for all mankind. Like when he said, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ This rahmah of Allah Azza wa Jal to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will overflow and extend to the entire humanity. إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرُ What a great ayah. That when you think, when you read it because it's short and you are happy, you can finish fast. It is not as fast as you think. Yes, it is short, it is fast, but it is huge in its meaning. It's enormous in its meaning. It's beyond what you even can think. And therefore, with that, it is only natural, natural to stand up in a prayer for Allah. Rabbik. All I need from you, with all that kawthar, with all that abundance, with all that numerous things, with all that victory, with all that support, with all that mercy, with all of that thing that I give you, what is it that I need? What is it that Allah wants from you? Does He want you to feed Him? Does He want your money? He says, if I ask you your money to Allah then oh, you'll, you'll hold back. You say, oh, you want my money? Allah doesn't need your money. Allah gives you the money, gives you the wealth, gives you the kawthar. He wants you to stand up for Allah. Now, Salli means pray. But remember, we are still in surah number 15, way before surah al-Isra. As-salah, the prayer that we know, that we have just done al-Isha, was not ordained until surah al-Isra, until the Isra, wa mi'raj. As-salah, the one that we know, Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, two rak'ah, four rak'ah, four rak'ah, three rak'ah, and four rak'ah, was ordained after al-mi'raj. Until then, as-salah was to stand up for Allah, to read the Qur'an, to recite the Qur'an, and to bow down to Allah Azza wa Jal with all submission. With all submission, no matter what Allah says, you stand up for Him. That was the salah. So, فَصَلِّ 
لربك and again the issue of Rabb again keeps coming up again and again almost in every surah from surah al-alaq until now until surah number 15 the issue of Rabb comes time and time again like اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق ولربك فاصبر رب المشارق والمغارب لا إله إلا هو فاتخذه وكيلا this Rabb issue comes in almost every surah سب اسم ربك الأعلى in surah al-a'la and here فصلي لربك for your Rabb because the Rabb your Rabb is the one and only one who deserves to have the right to legislate the one and only one who has the right to provide regulations the one and only one who has the right to say do and don't do this is the Rabb he is the Lord he is the owner he is the sustainer he is the one who provides the, the, the mulk so فصلي لربك means the after we have decided to give you Al-Kawthar, whether it's now or in the future, it doesn't matter, it's continuous, it's abundant, all I want you to do is to stand up for your Rabb. Just like today when we think about this, Allah Azza wa will provide victory. He can. It's in His hand. Whatever He wants to, He will. Allah Azza wa can provide you with all the support you need. He can, He will. It's all in his hand. It doesn't cost him a thing. He is the absolute. But only, only he wants from us to stand up for Allah Azza wa Jal in a continuous prayer. Continuous prayer means not only the five times of prayer. Continuous prayer means in a continuous worship to Allah Azza wa Jal, listening to him, taking legislation from him. And that brings me always to the point as I have always said, it doesn't make sense for us to stand up in Syria and say, Oh Allah Azza wa Jal, give us the victory. And we know He can, but then deep, 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 deep side in our intention, in our behavior, in our attitude, we want to create a secular, democratic, civil state. It doesn't make sense. Allah Azza wa Jal wants this to be tightly associated. I will give you a counsel, you make salah to your Rabb. I will give you a counsel, you will make obedience to your Rabb. I will give you a counter, you will make the regulations from your Rabb. I will give you the counter and the victory, you will build the state that Allah Azza wa Jal wants, which is the Islamic state, which is the Islamic Khilafah, which is the Islamic Sharia. It's not the civil state, it's not the, 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 the democratic state, it's not the secular state. This is Fasalli Rabbik, means stand up to Allah Azza wa Jal and make sure that you want to implement whatever Allah Azza wa Jal reveals. Walhar, Walhar, here, Many people in the Mufassirin, when you read Al-Kawthar, Surah Al-Kawthar in the Tafsir, it will say, Al-Har means on the day of Al-Duha, Eid Al-Adha, Al-Nahar, because we call Eid Al-Adha, Eid Al-Nahar, Al-Nahar means the slaughter, Al-Adha, the Udhiya, or Al-Nahar. So they relate this to Al-Nahar. Although this Surah was revealed still in Mecca, and there was no Hajj, there was no Eid Al-Fatr, no Eid Al-Adha, nothing. But, the notion of Inhar means it is always a symbol, Inhar is a symbol of being generous, of giving. Because when you make Inhar, especially the Nahar, the slaughter, when you, when, you, when you use the word Nahar, it always applies to the camel. You don't apply a Nahar to the sheep or even to the cow. The cow will slaughter it. There is Dabah in Arabic. But Inhar, Al-Nahar is the time, the way they do the ibl, the, the, the camel. First, when they want to slaughter it, 
they will hit it with the with the with the, with the sword or with the dagger with the dagger or the knife right here. They punch it. This is called nahar. Then the camel will be pulled down, and then you can slaughter it. So nahar applies to the camel. Okay. So when Allah Azza wa says tanhar, means I want you to slaughter something big like a camel. Imagine if you are slaughtering a camel, you can't eat it by yourself. And you don't have the refrigeration and all of these type of packaging that you can keep it for the rest of the year. So if you slaughter it, definitely people will eat. So that is a symbol, it's a notion that you have to give. After all I have given you, Al-Kawthar, you have to do two things. You have to devote yourself to Allah Azza wa Jal and whatever you have, it has to flow to the people. Because once you have a nahr, then this nahr will go to the people. It's a, a, it's a matter of feeding the poor. It's a matter of feeding the needy. It's a matter of making whatever Allah Azza wa Jal given you, make it abundant to the people. And that is one of the earlier notions that this Islam, this deen, is not about taking, it's about giving. It's not about consuming, it's about feeding. It's not how much you consume. We have lived in a society, we live in a society which is organized and catalyzed by capitalism, which is called a society of consumption. It's consuming society. It's measured by how much you consume. And there's something called consumer index to show that how much people consume. The more you consume, the better the economy is. When they say the consumer index, this or the... Uh, this year has gone above, let's say, certain percentage or certain rate. Oh, great, we have a good economy. People are eating more. People are consuming more. People are going to the mall and buying and shopping more. That's crazy. This uh, society of consumption, society of capitalism, allows the people, the mentality of the people, to be engraved in consumption. Whereas the society of Islam is, from the root down, is engraved in giving. Not in consumption, of course you consume because you need to eat, but it is not how much you consume, that's what matters, it's how much you give. And the people of Mecca, they were, they were insulted in Surah Al-Fajr by the very case, by the very issue, that they accumulate the wealth. They keep accumulating. كَلَّا بَلَّا تُكْرِمُونَ الْيَتِيمُ وَلَا تَحَاضُونَ عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ وَتَأْكُلُونَ التُّرَاثَ أَكْلًا لَمَّا You swallow the wealth, you collect the wealth, you bring it all over, as if nothing will stay there. You bring one million, two millions, a billion, a trillion. What is going on? You have a trillion dollar, what do you do with a trillion dollar in your account? If you spend 2,500 years spending one million dollar a day, you will never finish it. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. That is a society of consumption. Islam is a society of giving. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is all from the very beginning, although he's still in the struggle, still someone is accusing him, still someone labeling him, insane, crazy, uh, poet, uh, irrelevant, uh, abusive, fundamentalist, terrorist, they say all types of words against him. Al-Abtar. The one who is absolutely cut off from all his children, they say all of that. Despite all of that, he's still in the fierce of the struggle, in the midst of the struggle, still he's not victorious. Allah Azza wa Jal is saying him, فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ Make the salat to your Rabb and make sure that you continue to give. إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْتَرْ
at the end of the day, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, don't worry. Don't even bother about the one who is insulting or making the accusation. I take care of him. And I promise, and I tell you, he is the one who will be, who will be characterized with the thing that he is telling you. Al-Abtar, he will be cut off. And the Mufassirin, they say it was Al-As bin Wa'il, who lost all his children. Or Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, who lost himself. Or Abu Jahl, who lost himself. Or Abu Lahab. All of these people, they are cut off. Who hears about Abu Jahl? Where are his descendants? Where are they? Everybody these days, if you want to, 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 be, to, be, to take a pride of your ancestorship, you say, I, am, I belong to the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I am Jilani, like myself, I am Jilani from the family of Al-Hasan, bin Ali radiallahu anhu, bin Fatima, mashaAllah. Or this one is from uh, the tribe of Al-Husayn, from the descendants. Show me someone who says, I am from the descendants of Abu Lahab. Even when the king of Jordan, one, one day some people said, Oh, you are Hashimi, you must be from the Abu Lahab tribe. He had all his mukhabarat going against the people and collecting all this information to make sure that no one repeats the story anymore. No one wants to be descendants of Abu Lahab. No one wants to be associated with the family of Bani Makhzum. This is a big tribe in Mecca. One of the biggest tribes in Mecca, Bani Makhzum, which the brother will talk about it later when he comes to makes the tafsir about Al-Hakum Al-Takathur. Bani Makhzum, Abu Jahl says, we belong to Bani Makhzum. Muhammad belongs to Bani Hashim. If I will accept Muhammad as a prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then Bani Hashim will be the upper hand, and we, Bani Makhzum, will lose. But we, Bani Makhzum, we have been equal rivals of Bani Hashim. They feed the Hajji, we feed the Hajji. They build the Kaaba, we build the Kaaba. They fight, we fight. We do all of these things and we are even more than them. And they started counting. Which tribe is more? They found that they are almost equal. Then they said, let's go to the graveyard and start counting our dead people. This grave, Bani Makhzum. This grave, Bani Hashim. What is going on? Crazy. But nevertheless, despite all of that, who these days says, I am from Bani Makhzum or from Abu Jahl family? No one. Or I belong to the family of Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira. Or I belong to the family of Al-Akhnas bin Shurayr. No one. Even if you are, if someone finds and traces him to that tribe, he will hide it. He will scratch this out. He will delete it from his profile. He says, no, 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 I don't belong to that profile. But everyone... Even the one who don't belong to the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like Al-Hassan al-Thani in Morocco, that crazy insane king and his son, they claim that they belong to the family of the Prophet because they want the respect. And even the Hashemites in Jordan, those who belong to some, some family, God knows where it came from, and they claim they are Hashemites because they want the people to respect them. Everybody who wants a respect, in, in, in Iran these days, you find someone who puts a black turban on his head, so people say he's Sayyid. Sayyid means he belongs to the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who is Al-Abtar in reality are the ones who said about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And who is not Al-Abtar, who is the, the abundance with all things. Everybody in the world wants to relate to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if I am not from the descendants of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then I go to a hadith that says, Did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Salmanu minna ala al-bayt? Even the Persian Salman is, belongs to us because of his taqwa. Oh, I am just like Salman. 
Even Salman was Pharisee. I am Muhammad, let's say the Kurdi or the Urdu or the Hindi, but I am also from Alim Bayt, just like Salman. We go to that hadith. Or the Prophet وسلم, in another hadith says, Ara kulli taqi. I am the grandfather of everyone who is taqi. Say, oh, Alhamdulillah, I have taqwa, I am a good Muslim, I am a good brother, therefore the Prophet is my jab. Everybody wants to be associated with the Prophet Everybody wants to be under the umbrella of Muhammad Everybody wants to be linked to Muhammad either by, by, by descendants, by blood, or by taqwa, or by both. And of course, of course, the hadith Ana Jaddu Kulli Taqi means that if you are not taqi and you belong to my family, I don't want to do anything with you. I am the jinn, the grandfather, only of the one who has taqwa. So even if the king of Morocco finds a tree, a family tree, and proves that he has some traces, we tell him, wait a second, that trace doesn't count, because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, Ana jaddu kulli taqi. I am the grandfather of everyone who is taqi, but you are an oppressive ruler. You oppress your own people. You, you validate the, 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 uh, the khamar and the alcohol and the dancing and the prostitution in your own country. You allow the Jews and the Israelis to have a relationship with your country. You do not support Islam. You do not implement Islam. You are not a taqi at all. So you have nothing to do with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah azza wa jal when he says, إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْتَرِ Everyone who stands against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is abtar. That Welsh. That one who accuses Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa of insanity or homosexuality or that priest who, could, who claimed that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was a terrorist or those cartoonists who in Denmark who talked about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa all of these are al-abtar, all of these are the losers, all of these are the ones who oppose Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa are the losers. In fact, Allah Azza wa Jal makes this very clear in many other places. If you stand on the other side of Allah and His Messenger, you are a loser. Absolutely. If you are on the other side of Muhammad, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the side of Islam, Muhammad on the side of the Quran, Muhammad on the side of the Iman, Muhammad on the side of Sharia, Muhammad on the side of, side of the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal. If you are on the side that opposes the Sharia of Allah Azza wa Jal, if you are on the side that supports secularism, if you are on the side that supports civil state or democracy, you are against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are against Allah Azza wa Jal, and you are fil adhalleen, as the Quran says. Ulaika fil adhalleen. Those are the most humiliated ones. So this surah, brothers, although it's very small, although we read it because it's small, please read it, not because it's short, read it because it's absolutely meaningful. Read it because it absolutely provides big support to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and to those who follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and those who follow Islam. Read it because it gives the incentive. Read it because it gives energy, it gives momentum. Allah Azza wa Jal has al-kawthar, has the abundance. It, he has much more than the, the United Nations has. He has much more when, than what the United States can offer. He has much more what the International Monetary Fund can offer. International Monetary, offer, uh, Monetary Fund was crying and talking big and loud that we want to give Egypt 4.1 billion dollars and they have to sign all types of conditions. That is absolutely nothing compared to the culture of Allah Azza wa Jal. No one should ever think that the IMF is the one that has the abundance and we have to look for it. No one should ever think 
that the United States or Britain or Europe or Russia or China have the big economy. When they have their big meetings, the big 20, like they did that in Moscow, in, in St. Peter's well the other day, these guys, these guys, they have zero compared to what Allah has, because when Allah gives, He gives Al-Kawsar. He gives something that never stops. These people, they give something that will stop the next day. They give something that will be tied to some conditions. Allah did not put conditions on Muhammad except فَصَلِّ What is a better condition than that? The IMF puts all types of condition not to salli لِرَبِّكَ They say we will give you money and salli for the West. We will give you some money, salli for America. We will give you money, salli for Russia. We will give you money, salli for the secular states. That's what they do. They give you money, true, some, but salli. And don't give anybody. Don't feed the poor. How much, how many billion dollars they give Pakistan? How much of that went to the people? Almost zero. How much money they gave Jordan? Jordan, tiny little state, has more than 18, 19 billion dollars in, in, in loans and in debt to, to the IMF. How much of that money went to the people? The people are still poor. How much the IMF gave to Mexico, to Latin America, to Africa, to many other nations? The kings, the presidents are billionaires. So their condition, their condition, salli, pray to the IMF and to the lords of the world and give nothing to those who deserve it. Allah's rules and conditions. We give you and only salli for your Rabb and give from this abundance to the people. Famha, feed the, pu- the people, slaughter the animals to, t- to feed the people. What a strong, great, short surah. What a strong, great support to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What a strong and great support and momentum for me today. What a great support and momentum to the Sahaba who were in the courts of Dawah at the time when the surah was revealed. What an urgent need that we need today in our course of Dawah when we are faced with all types of atrocities and accusations and insults and claims and all types of things that want to diminish and minimize our work. We need this type of support so that I continue to be on my path, on my path. So that I don't give up. I don't give up what I am doing. I don't give in to the accusations of the people. I don't give in to the temptations. I don't give in to the IMF, to the World Order, to the Security Council. So that our Muslim brothers in Syria today, they are in dire need of understanding Surah Al-Kawthar today, so that they will never look up to this so-called American, European, Russian strike against Bashar to help them, although it's not coming anyway. They are not doing it. Don't understand me wrong. These guys are not going to do that. They will never help. But even then, they should, the Muslims should never look up for that help and should never give up what they are doing and should never give in to the atrocities. That is the meaning and the significance of this short surah that we continue to read most of the time because it is short, because it allows us to finish our prayer fast.
We do that, right? I mean, I do that. Every one of us does that. But, let's be like a Sahabi, who once was reading, leading the prayer of some Muslims, and every prayer he would read, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ وَحَدُ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ وَحَدُ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدْ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُورُ عَدْ دَنَ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ So the Sahaba will get a little bit tired. They complain to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Ya Rasulullah, what's going on? This man is leaving us all the time with this surah. يعني, the Quran is much bigger than that. So he called them up. And he asked him, why do you do that? Don't you know the Quran except this surah? He says, Wallahi ya Rasulullah, inni la'ahfadu al-Qur'ana kulla ma nazal minu. Whatever has been revealed from the Quran, I know it by heart, all. وَلَكِنِّي أُحِبُّ هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ But I love this surah for what it stands for. When the Prophet ﷺ told him, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّكَ لِحُبِّهَا Allah loves you because of your love to this surah. Just keep on. So continue to read Surah Al-Kawthar but because you love it. Love the surah for what stands for. Love the surah for its meaning and then read it. Not only because it's short. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله السلام عليكم I'd like to stop right here and before I open the floor for discussion let me just wrap up with things. As the brother I think the brother has mentioned either in the email or indirectly I'll be leaving to Jordan starting Monday, this coming Monday for a few months at least four months for a semester time of education. But this session will continue. This session will continue. Some brothers will be uh, will uh, be taking care of this. Uh, again, uh, for uh, your information, the ones who know or don't, this is not an individual effort. Although I am the one who is leading this tafsir session as a person, but I belong to a group. We are part of, just like the Sahaba of the Prophet wasallam. As the Prophet says, Ashabi kan nujum. My Ashab is like the stars. Whomever you seek guidance with, you will be guided. And we belong, I belong to an Ummah, to part of an Ummah. That we are like the stars. If I am here, that's fine. If not, then he will be here. If not, then he will be here. So we complement one another. So let's not feel that, oh, this is personal, the brother here. If he's not, then therefore it will stop. No. This is... And the movements in the world will never, will never be carried out by individuals. You will never be able to achieve something if everything depends on you as an individual. But if you belong to a group, you belong to a movement, and the movement is as one unit, then you move as a unit. You don't move as individuals. Although one person maybe may show up at the stage, but that person who shows up in the stage, behind that person there is a whole flux that's pushing him so that he can deliver. It's not the individual. And I want to be very clear here. It would have been impossible, impossible for the brother who is giving the session, which is me today, if it was not for a group of people who are organizing this, who are making calls, who are making all of these things happen so that we have the session, so what we have uh, uh, being recorded and once it's recorded it goes up on the net once on the net it's distributed all over and once it's distributed there are feedbacks that come back to me or to the brothers so it's a group work it's not individual work so that's 
and uh, uh, some brothers did ask in the past we keep talking and giving tafsir and give issues what is the method to make changes the method to make a change it needs a vehicle and the vehicle is a group it's a number one it's a group it's not individual the prophet وسلم, he did not do it on his own he had a group of the sahaba it's called the sahaba the sahaba are the group of the prophet he relied on them when the medina opened up for him he did not have to go himself he sent musab bin umayr when the people went to Abyssinia, he made sure that with them is Jafar. And Jafar can speak up on their behalf, and he did excellent. And even in Mecca, he had some people like Khabbab bin Arat would go to the house of the Fatima, the sister of Omar bin Khattab, to teach there, which is called the Halaqa of Khabbab bin Arat. So it was a group movement with the leadership of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so that's how it works. Well, now, this group has to be very well versed, very well connected, very well prepared. It has, it must have almost the minimum, the minimum infrastructure for each and every one should be the same, so that we all can be part of the Dawah. It cannot be carried by the brother Abu Talha here, or Abu Ali, or Abu Sulaiman, or Abu Kharib, the one who will be given the... It's impossible. It has to be a collective work. And this collective work, the brothers have to be educated at a minimum level. There is a minimum level of understanding of concepts. So we all can disseminate the information. We all can interact with the society. We all can bring this about so that the change starts happening in many places in the world at the same time. Otherwise, it will be like pimples. Coming up in one place, it dies out, then it pops up in another place, then it dies out. It doesn't work like that. It has to come up like mushroom in here, and mushroom there, and mushroom there, and so it will fill up all the ground with mushrooms. That's how it works, and that's how it is, and that's what this work is about. And there are more details on it, and the brothers, many of the brothers who sit here, they are probably more well-versed than me on these issues. They can interact, they can talk, they can discuss, and they can bring us with bond together so that we build a better and a stronger movement, and that's bringing me when I leave this uh, uh, place right here wherever I go whether it's to Jordan or to Saudi Arabia or to Egypt or any other place I will continue exactly what I am doing here and, and I will be blended with the same type of movement the same type of group as if I have been there for the rest of my life I don't have to start all over again wherever I go I don't have to start from scratch I will be part of the movement and start wherever that movement started, I will pick up from the same location where they are at and I will jump in the middle and be part of the uh, part of the crowd. Otherwise, if I will go and start thinking from scratch, it will take me 10-15 years before I build a small group like this that we can talk to, to each other. So that I wanted to say, so that we never think that this tafsir session is only part of reading the Quran and explaining it. It is part of a movement. It's part of interacting of, with ideas so that we disseminate the concepts across the world so each and every one of us carries them and become also a, a, a replica or replicate with his own finding, with his own style to those concepts that we are talking about. That's what I wanted to say. Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, 
Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.